A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. We are going to be talking about voting in a galaxy far, far away today. This is on the day of the release, uh, November 6th. So that is important here in the United States of these America. Uh, Big midterm elections, general elections, measures, all those things. So we're going to be breaking down the Burbank measures. No, Um, (laughs) we're going to be talking about politics in Star Wars, which is very important. uh, Very interesting when done right. And we're going to be breaking all of that down. I cannot do that without these folks. 
Joseph Scrimshaw, and Jennifer Landau. Yeah, proud to be a, a patriot of, uh, what do you call it, the United States of this the, America. These America. These America. America. Uh, United States of these America. Sketch comedy joke. <laughs> <laughs> Sketch comedy. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I hope that there is never here in California a prop uh, 66, a proposition 66, because then no matter what it is. <laughs> removed from the California <laughs> Supreme Court by, by removed from the ballot. Proposition 66, no Jedi in California. <laughs> no Jedi allowed. That would be bad. Uh, yeah. Now I'm imagining Sheev, like on TV, like, uh, this order, <laughs> if voted for. Uh, Him walking through, like, a pasture, you know. <laughs> Jedi will take your babies. Uh. Paid for by the committee to remove Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be talking about that. Jennifer, how are you? You're here. I'm here. Yeah. I'm alive. You're alive. Woohoo. Yeah. Absolutely. You've yeah. been having lots of life adventures, right? Yes. Yes. I'm living out uh, an episode of Flipper Flop. Um, <laughs> it's going about as how the show always does. There's lots of drama. <laughs> I'm just hoping it will end soon and we'll yeah. live in our new home. That will be nice. Oh, yeah. See. And you'll flip. You're going to flip the old house. You're no, flipping no, it? no, no, no. Flip or flop. You're going to flop. No, you're we, flip. Hope we're, we hope we're going to stay. So mm. that would be more like a different HGTV show, like a property <laughs> brothers show. <laughs> okay. Buying per or selling. Purchase or stay. I want to know which reality TV show to watch to know what's going on in your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a mix of all of them. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Plus, you know, raising a youngling. Yes. <laughs> Throwing yes. that in the mix, too. Yeah. Um, uh, Joseph, uh, any adventures up uh, for you? For you? Uh, my yeah. advent, it feels like it, but I have just been in my home working on various writing projects. So I feel it's, it's like when you play a video game, you feel like you really did something. Uh, it's like, yeah, I did a lot. I went to this place. I fought this monster. I did this other thing, but it's just all stuff I'm writing. <sighs> yeah, that's uh, kind, of, kind of the same boat. Uh, writing and then playing Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> oh, how is it going? Uh, I've lost uh, too much of my life ah. and then have conversations. If I know you've played the game and I've run into you at a real life event, like say JT, I ran into a, at something over the weekend, uh, JT from Screen Junkies, and it was like pleasantries out of the way. Hey, by the way, have you been up to the uh, camp up there? <gasps> oh. And like you said, Joseph, uh, yes, I, I close the game out after a four-hour session and think to myself, I did a lot. I accomplished something today. Oh, I killed a bear. Hey, it's so badly. <laughs> Stole gold nuggets from a prospector. Oh. I'm okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I haven't had time to do that or uh, Grievous. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No Battlefront 2 for me yet. Yeah, mm. yeah. But uh, maybe it's cooled off a little bit and I can jump in maybe yeah. later today and play Grievous for a moment. Absolutely. We'd love to do that. Uh, we're going to dive into some stuff, but today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center Over 180 80,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we'll give you our Force Center recommends on an audiobook we think you should try out on us. But we want to check in first about this little show, little show called Star Wars Resistance. The episode uh, Children of Tehar. Tehar. Which, fourth or fifth episode, depending on how you count the pilot. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, is out. Uh, Jen, I, I imagine you uh, haven't had time to sit down at Disney uh, Channel and watch this stuff yet. No, I haven't. Although I saw, I think, a headline. Is it the one with the with the gold trooper? Is it is it Phasma? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's no, exciting. Commander Pyre. Yes. Oh, Commander Pyre. Yeah. Okay. And it, yeah, you know, when that uh, trailer came out and uh, it was like, it's a disco trooper. And people yeah. were like, maybe it's Phasma. It's right. Disco trooper, Commander Pyre. <laughs> <laughs> 
And how was it? Oh, it was great. It's it was a really great episode. Yeah. yeah. I, I maybe I might say my favorite so far. I think it's definitely my favorite so far because it yeah. is really continuing that promise that uh, we talked about mm-hmm. of like the first 10 minutes are cows going, Wah! oh, yeah, <laughs> being, a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, dropping things, being hit with a wrench, falling <laughs> off stuff. It just like, wow, just is this? Did, did Jerry Lewis rise from the dead and write this? <laughs> like the Flim and Flavin. And yeah. fa- at one point falls over BB 8 in, in something that would have broke my back in two. Oh, for sure. There should have yeah. been a big crack. <laughs> no. My sacroiliac. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's total just. That it's right. you know physical right. comedy, and then the back half is no BS, scary real world first order stuff. Oh. It's, yeah, it's, this is spoiler territory. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, so if you haven't had a chance, and 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 Jen, uh, you can plug yours if you want here. No, uh, if you haven't a chance to watch, uh, we're going to talk about it because I think it needs to be talked about. Yeah, and and it might get someone into the show if they hear it. And they don't consider it spoilers yet. And you might be like, oh, this is what's being talked about. So, yeah. Yeah. So you're watching all the wackiness. And then the plot engine is there are two children whose village and planet have been slaughtered by this mysterious monster with a laser sword like the Jedi used to have. Who oh. they, they heard somebody else call him Kylo Ren. <gasps> who or what is a Kylo Ren? Oh. So it's like super wacky. And then it's Kaz trying to help kids who just blatantly like, yeah, our parents were slaughtered yeah. by scary man and it's oh like damn all right gosh. great you're, you're gonna go there and it's really starting to put in a picture of like who knows what about kylo when right. and all that kind of stuff and, and the first order has put a twenty thousand dollar bounty on their head uh under the well their f- their family of important people of the first order yeah, is how phasma lying. says yeah. it uh but i think it's because they have this information they've seen the truth and know their plans they have access to there was a little line i, I have to go back and watch it i watched yeah. it quickly this morning uh, now our plans will be kept safe. So I don't know if that's they witness the slaughter, which is part of the first order's plans, or they have a, or if there is like something very specific, specific. information wise. But it, it seemed like it, it seems like it's really going to be um, serialized very yeah. much so because there was also a bit where they had a little symbol and uh, mm-hmm. one of the other characters, uh, you know, Doza, who's in charge of the whole Colossus base, is like really concerned about what that symbol means. So it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's really. I'm so excited to see it all play out, and I think it might one might be even more enjoyable to just kind of binge it all together once it's one story. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then the, the the planet of Tahar is revealed as a unknown region's planet. Oh, so now we're f- getting some answers out there. Yeah, yeah. You know? That the first order is really operating in the unknown regions, yeah. and then a bunch of just little fun canon things. Eloasti yeah. uh, shows up. <laughs> oh yeah, totally right at the end. Yes. Yeah, and as soon as he popped up, it's like, is it Elo or Cythernolia? Yeah, right. <laughs> Which one they have? And then I love the reference of uh, Poe is uh, busy on some missions. Yep. In the pages of the comic book, Poe Dameron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he really? Because I mean, yeah, he's he's. But but is it that mission? Because BB-8 has to be with him, right? Well, that but that is that's the big question. Is at what point does BB-8? I don't BB-8 know. Cloned. He's got to go. Cloned. Yeah. Wow. And then I, I I had a whoa moment, and Sarah was like, "What? What? What are you?" And it was just because they mentioned jet juice, mm-hmm. which is from. Yeah, uh, uh, Lost Stars. Yep, so great to hear it mentioned. Officially, jet juice. <laughs> jet juice. On your the TV alcohol screen. is official. That's a great point to get in your life. It's like your wife says, "Why are you so excited?" <laughs> they mentioned a fictional alcohol. It's <laughs> uh, great. So it, uh, yeah. Long story short, Jen, I'm really enjoying. Yeah, because even the physical comedy 
is is intentional and at times over the top. I I've, I've yet to be like, ugh. No, it offers this kind of nice yeah. contrast between yeah. sort of like the there's this level of reality in the world and then this horror of the world. Mm. And there's turtle engineers. Oh yeah. Oh man, count uh, me in. It's 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 <laughs> turtle engineers. They're, yeah. Well, they're and there's they are they are. You uh, just and I were talking off air. Like to me, a very Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. There's these big race of uh, turtle creatures. They they're turtles on two feet uh, stand up. And they're all done slow and deliberate, yeah, but oh, very I love peaceful. It. They actually they remind yeah. me a little bit of like um, even something that like uh, would be a Muppet, like a dark crystal type Muppet. Creature. Very much so. Yeah, mm, yeah. So, so you're good. gonna enjoy the hell out of those. Oh, that's fun. Yes, yes. And uh, this week, uh, you know, a little fun, uh, fun with some of the characters as well on yeah. uh, our other show. So uh, that is a resistance check in. We are not do full reviews of the show, but from time to time we'll do just this. We will check in on Star Wars Resistance. But we want to get to the news. Jennifer is back uh, last week, tied up. Joseph held down the fort. We uh, got through the news, but we love having you here breaking it down. Thank you. Well, there's not been as much news this past week. A little bit slower. Uh, But StarWars.com recently interviewed supervising sound editor and the voice of General Grievous, Matthew Wood. As we know, Matthew has reprised his role as Grievous in Battlefront 2. And in the game, the character says the line, the Kalish are not known for their mercy. Matthew said that he has always worked under the assumption that Grievous was a pretty amazing warlord in his past when he was more biologically complete. Matthew also (laughs) said that overall, Grievous respects the Force and the Jedi because he respects warriors. Uh, But when it comes to Grievous' relationship with Obi-Wan, the two kind of banter like Batman and the Joker, they are star-crossed. He did not say lovers. (laughs) I I filled that in. Uh, (laughs) It was a really fun interview with Matthew Wood. Did you guys discover anything new? He kind of shared some nuggets and also talked a little bit about, about the process of how he how he creates the voice. It was it was neat. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, uh, particularly having just done that uh, bigger episode that we did on yeah, General right. Grievous, it was, it was really cool to have him say some of the same kind of, uh, on a, from the fan perspective of like, I enjoy that he's mysterious, but I want to know where he comes from. Clearly he ha- wants revenge for something, but what? What was he like when he was a cliche? That was really cool to see, hear him just have the same questions. Yeah. Mm. The person who is Grievous. Right. That uh, uh, us fans of Grievous have. Exactly. I love this notion that Grievous would respect the Jedi in some way. Kind of, uh, you know, uh, you almost go back to that Obi Wan fight where it's almost like Grievous is having fun. Uh, not that I think he, is, you know, but it's like, ha ha! I'm mixing it up with the Jedi. <laughs> what a good fight! You know? Yeah, uh, yeah. Right. There's something funny about that. But uh, it makes some sense if if he's trained and has to study the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like what they uh, are capable of. I, yeah. I, I like that. Yeah, it's a fun little fun little relationship with lots of lots of fun banter. Yeah. In good news, John Williams is recovering from his illness and will return to Los Angeles this week, according to his friend and record producer, Mike Matasino. It was just last week that Mr. Williams unfortunately had to be hospitalized when he arrived to London. His condition was not severe, but he did cancel conducting his concert with the London Symphony Orchestra at the Royal Albert Hall. John Williams may be 86 years old, but his age hasn't stopped him from performing, composing, and traveling. So no one has said what the illness was or what he had, but we obviously wish him a speedy recovery. Um, this is interesting because we've talked about this that you know he's getting into his tw- mm. don't want to say twilight years, but you know yeah, it's, it's tougher yeah. when you get older to keep that same pace. Yeah, <laughs> he is so busy. Um, 
Mm. Yeah, it's going to be mm. interesting to see what this does in the future, how this affects... It, it's, it's the thing none of us really want to talk about as Star yeah. Wars fans. We know the re- the reality of it here. Uh, you know, I'm a Beatle fan. McCartney's 76. He's still releasing an album, but uh, how long can he keep up that bass? And, and uh, you know, if you, we've all seen Williams in concert. Yeah. The guy is doing it. He's yeah. up there just kicking butt. And I, at 42, am tired after a weekend <laughs> of playing video games. Yeah. So it's it's on one hand I think this keeps him going but yeah you know it, it's it's out there in our brains yeah what do we do after yeah I mean I think that he he seems to have that I want to deliver for my fans and mm-hmm. there is that question of like uh, for different people as they age continuing to be active helps you continue to be active I remember yeah. seeing uh, Shatner perform his one man show now years ago when he was like eighty one wow and at one point he dropped one line he's like. I can't remember the next one, but what do you expect from me? You know, most people my age would be dribbling in a cup. Like, <laughs> it's like, all right, that's a little, right. a little ageist, Mister Shatner. But he's still performing. You know, it's a, he's getting up there. Yeah, uh, and I think then for some people, like there comes a time where like you, you don't have that energy. Mm-hmm. Like seeing John Williams the uh, just this su- past summer at the right. end of the summer, the amount of energy in the Hollywood mm. Bowl, and then like he's kind of got to match that yeah. at that age. Um, that yeah, I think there's a question of how much more longer uh, mm-hmm. one can get the joy of seeing him before Lamai. Yeah. Right. There was a great documentary on HBO by Carl Reiner where it was by profiling people in their 90s, mm-hmm. I believe. Do you remember that documentary? I haven't seen it, but I know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. It was so great. And all of them that they profiled, all the people, are incredibly active. They're artists. They're, they're also physical. They're working out. They're running. They're doing all these things. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And for them, it it really was kind of like it, they, they needed that yeah. to be able to keep going, to want to wake up every day. And it kind of it kept them youthful. Yeah. Um, so I think that I think that he probably feels the same way. Yeah. So thank you, Mr. Williams. Get Amen. Better stay healthy. Yeah. I have never listened to the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast, but host Josh Horowitz always gets Star Wars actors to spill the beans. What is this mm-hmm. secret? <laughs> Last week, actor Richard Grant was his guest, and he gave some clues about role he's playing in Episode Nine. He shared that the sides he was given to audition with were a 10-page generic interrogation scene that was clearly from a 1940s British B picture. It was definitely not Star Wars material because the language was something that, as he put it, his grandfather would have spoken in. Shortly after he sent his self-taped audition, his agent told him he was flying out to Pinewood Studios, but Richard still had no idea that he had gotten the role until he walked into the room where director J.J. Abrams and Daisy Ridley were sitting, and J.J. said... (laughs) So are you going to do it? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I guess, I guess, sure. Um, so obviously he said yes, and I think it's safe to say that he's playing someone in the first order. Ken, mm. what are your thoughts mm. as the expert? Uh, as the expert of the first order? Of the, of the, of the, <laughs> of the military side uh, of Star Wars. Uh, oh, the war versus the lore. Yeah, yeah. I think if, uh, yeah, it makes sense. I, I still see Richard E. Grant as a guy who could go funny, quirky character, mm. but with a serious tinge. I don't know. I mean, his work in Spice World, uh, he always referenced, but in The Player, too, where he played kind of a slimy agent, but it was a uh, little little tongue-in-cheek at times. So, I don't know. I, I like the idea of him in the first story. I'm okay with that. And if he's if, if the British interrogation from a 1940 movie, uh, Daisy Ridley's in there. Yeah. But uh, maybe he's an ally. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I'm just trying could, to keep my mind open. Okay. I think he said in that interview that it was an interrogation scene, but that he they had him read different roles. There was like three, yeah. Three. There was like three yeah. 
scenes or like yeah or three right. it was yeah i was trying to parse that it was like do you yeah. mean that you there there are three characters and you you know record an audition for each one or was it that you played the interrogator and you did three different takes ah. taking it from different perspectives i wasn't mm-hmm. sure but yeah i mean daisy ridley being in the room is the biggest tell of like oh cool you have uh, a scene with ray awesome yep. like so are you interrogating her are you a helper along the way who knows? Mm. Uh, man, I'm so excited for Richard Grant. If you haven't, I have it bookmarked on Twitter. He just recorded a little video of himself being excited when the casting was announced, oh. where he just sort of recreated oh, yeah, 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 his yeah, yeah, yeah. joy. Oh, my God. And I bookmarked it. I was like, I can't wait to watch this and see what interesting things he says. And he's just hes just like a kid yeah. who's just excited on the holidays. He's like, I got it. I it's did what, Star yes. Wars. Oh so just gosh. to know that joy you know, from this powerful, funny actor. Yeah. Can't wow. Wait. wow. Yeah. And he even said that J.J. Abrams, even though he's a mega successful director, producer, et cetera, and has a lot of money, he still kind of has that like enthusiasm, excitement mm-hmm. on set and like, oh, wow, this is Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> making a is, Star Wars, everybody. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I think. Well, we'll get our answers in December of 2019. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Probably much before that. Yeah. 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 So we'll see what what John Favreau drops next week. But as of now, it's, I've been checking. <laughs> right. I've been checking Instagram. Nothing. Nothing. It's been quiet since quiet. That, that since they had that leak of information. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or no, we don't have no information came from that. But when the stuff was stolen, since oh yeah, since George Lucas left his phone light on. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Speaking of old people, yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's Dribbling good. into cups. Oh. I do that now. Yeah, me too. Um, you can do it in a video game. It's really fun. <laughs> You can? I know. I just assume that you can do anything in a video game at this point. You can take a bath in uh, Red yeah, Dead Redemption no, 2, Yeah, right? literally, Red Dead, you not only take a bath, you have to control it. Triangle, oh, scrubs head, no. square on PlayStation, square arm, and then you pay 50 cents extra and someone comes in and helps you. <gasps> okay. Yeah. All right. And it doesn't get... Yeah, no. It starts it's, to get... It's not Leisure Suit Larry, Red Dead It starts to go yet. that way, and what? then it never, it never gets that way. Oh, No matter how many times you press the square button. Um, <laughs> but yeah, oh. you literally have to shave, coat, get your hair cut. The game is that detailed, so yeah. Uh, uh, just like living life, oh. except for more getting <laughs> shot at on a train. So thank you, Jennifer, uh, for the news. Quiet news week yeah. cycle. Maybe last month has been somewhat quieter. It has. Which, uh, which is sometimes okay. Mm-hmm. All right, Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. But before we go on, we're going to dive into our main topic here in a second, voting in the galaxy far, far away. We want to recommend a audible book to try in the Star Wars galaxy. Joseph, eh, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I try to pick ones that make sense, and this week was easy. I picked Bloodline by Claudia Gray, perhaps one of the uh, most political books in all of the new canon. Certainly, it's a great read and really interesting to compare with a Star Wars Resistance TV show right now, too. So I say listen. Mm. Absolutely. Definitely connected. Definitely connected. So uh, check that book out. And uh, if you want to check out that book out, here's where you're going to do it. You're going to go download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. It is time to dive into politics in Star Wars. Joseph, uh, you're going to lead us through this wonderful discussion because politics in Star Wars is very important. It's built into the frame of the story by George Lucas himself. Yeah, uh, I mean, one of the come on. I mean, here you're in the, on the Death Star. The, the Emperor has uh, got gotten rid of the Senate. You're already hearing this stuff in New Hope. Yeah, he could have easily left that out if he just wanted it to be a fantasy that's sort right. of ambiguous. Oh, there are knights with laser swords, but nope, there are politics. There's an Emperor mm-hmm. dissolving a Senate. Uh, so I think it's really interesting to think about politics in Star Wars. We've talked about it before, but it's the battle for power that causes all these wars in the stars. There's no way mm. of getting around it. So we're going to talk about politics a little bit, but I tried to specify a little bit on voting because yeah. the story does have lots of places where characters have to make fateful decisions and lots of characters we don't know cast votes mm. to make them wars in the stars happen. Uh, so just to start, in general, in Star Wars, where do you feel the political story should be told? Should it be in the films, which have had up and down uh, sort of experiences with sharing politics? Should it be in books like Bloodline? Should it be in TV shows? I know there was probably too much in the prequels, too little in the sequels. Was it just right in the original? What are your feelings? I mean, for me, there's 
in, in that excellent uh, nursery rhyme choice there. Too much in the prequels, <laughs> too little in the sequels, right? In the originals. I would go originals um, with just a tad more, I guess. I don't yeah. know. It's, it's also weird because... I think in A New Hope, and that scene we talked about, you know, the emperor's you know wiped away the Senate. The politics kind of ends at that point, and it is a yeah. it is an evil emperor uh, and, and the battle to dethrone him. So I understand why Empire doesn't have a, a voting scene, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but it's there. But uh, uh, prequels for me handle was at times a lot, but handled differently at the time. We weren't expecting that, and yeah. now I like it a lot more. So. Originals with a touch of the prequels, because mm. I think the sequels have far too little of it in the yeah. mo- on on screen in the in the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, lo- I like the originals because I think it can play on two levels. Kids get it, good guys, bad mm. guys is is very clear, right? right? But then as you grow older, you start to understand the more of the nuances and really what what are the, what are the politics at play, what's happening, and so I think that that's that's really effective. I think that the prequels. Although I enjoy them, I still sometimes find myself when I read Trade Federation. I'm oh boy, mm. here it comes. I start getting a little <laughs> kind of wake up. Okay, you know, but that's just that's just me. I know sure. that a lot of people really get into that that side of it. And the sequels, like you said, Ken, it, it just it needs more. I feel like the books have done an excellent job. Yeah, with mm-hmm. exploring the politics, making it exciting, really diving deep. And I hope that the TV shows. I feel could be a great place to really explore it in depth. You yeah. just have a lot more time. Yeah, you, know? you have elbow room to do that. Yeah, yeah. And I think of like Game of Thrones. That uh, absolutely, people does l- it. pull it. People are absolutely they don't. The, the, the war for the throne is politics, right? And, and it's not yeah. just war. So you could do it right. And I think too of uh, uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier. To me, is an MCU political thriller. Yeah, and it doesn't help. Uh, it doesn't hurt that you have you know Redford, seventies. <laughs> he, he's political, reminding you, by yeah, the way, political yeah. thriller, seventies king. Uh, you know, Star Wars could, could do that in the modern age, and maybe it's TV. Yeah, I yeah, know. I think uh, in storytelling, it really is all about that uh, making the political personal because mm. I think it is. Uh, yeah. You know, the taxation of outlying trade routes is personal if mm. you if you tell it in the in the right way. There's a part of me that would love this uh, other version of the originals where George, I think, was m- even more focused on politics. Mm. Like, we get that great, juicy idea in A New Hope that they actually, it's not just the Senate's been wiped away because mm. we're bad guys. It's that we can do it right now because we have this giant death ball. And if you disobey right. us, we will kill you. And we are governing by fear. It would have been cool to get just like a little bit more of the politics on the rebellion side. Mm. of like that idea of how much in command is Leia? Is she really, you know, is she really pissing someone off by going to rescue Han? Are there fears of like, well, what's next after Endor? And like, I feel like if George Lucas could, Mm. he'd add a little bit more of of the politics into the originals. Well, and what you're saying makes me think of one of the reasons I think we all like Rogue One, where Rogue One, you get a chance to deal with the, what does it mean to go fight? How do we fight? And, you know, Senator, uh, was it Bell? Noor Jabell. Noor Jabell. There's no tester. (laughs) What are you talking about? Vast, vast bar, too. He's also a little bit of a... Yeah. (laughs) A little weak. We're going to talk about that. Uh, I think Solo is a great example of how I'd like to see politics in movies where Mm. people are utterly defined by the situation. So if you want to just go watch Mm. Solo is an adventure, you absolutely can. But if you look at their motivations, it's because everyone everywhere is totally oppressed. Mm -hmm. And then that becomes very personal. But 
a yeah. statement on on the reality of politics. Yeah, and I think that's one of the the, the wonderful things about the Infus Nest character and her t- her, her marauders are are unmasked as the new face of the rebellion in a right, way to me. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's so. how they can vote at this time. Yeah. By stealing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so we are going to actually march in order through some of the politics Ooh. of the Star Wars saga and talk about what voting choices we might have made yeah. if we Ooh. were in these positions. So uh, we're going to start right there with the most controversial, the politics of the prequels. <laughs> it is interesting to me that even before Palpatine starts making his big moves, Stuff had gone wrong clearly before the events of The Phantom Menace because the Trade Federation has representation in the Senate. Mm -hmm. That is truly like if Amazon just had two senators in Congress just because Mm. they're in charge of lots of money and power and moving things. So, sure, you (laughs) you know what? Instead of just giving money to the politicians... Two Amazon yes. senators, yeah, and you're, oh, yeah, maybe maybe one for Whole Foods too. <laughs> yeah. Fine, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, we represent represent the the senator from uh, Google has uh, the floor. <laughs> yes, and Representative Best Buy. What do you? Yeah. Uh, so clearly, it had already gone a little off the rails. So my question is: Should Valorum have worked harder to keep money out of politics? Mm. Would that have uh, just avoided all of the problems? Of Star Wars, if Valorum had kept money out of politics, I yes, in a way, Valorum's an interesting character because Clone Wars we revisit him a little bit, right? There's yeah. a, the, the little tiny arc where they go back, um, and I don't f- see him entirely as a fully compromised bad politician. I see him as someone who was a figurehead. Things were going on, and he just couldn't stop this 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 tidal wave away. And I'm, this is from a surface point of view. Yeah. So yeah, should he have? Yes, absolutely. Because money in politics is 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 a is a thing from day one. I think that it's like the moment you you have start start politics, and then you start money. Uh, those things are gonna mix and be bad at times. So I I think yes, he was a weak chancellor. Yes. I just don't know what he could have done better i don't know i don't know why i'm defending chancellor Valor. <laughs> i just i think of that sa- he's very sad in that episode of the he's Cold very Wars. sad yeah yeah mm. well and you do also get this picture that masamita was was right there with him and uh, we yeah. know that masamita goes on to become a very corrupt and, and yeah not good sentient being right uh, mm. how do you feel about about that idea of that story jennifer of Valorum trying to keep money out right well, I think that it's it's been clear as we've been seeing with our with our own world, you know that that it is important to keep money out of politics. But part of the problem with our own world and in this Star Wars world is that sometimes it it just happens that this is the way that things have been done, mm. and it just becomes well, that's just the way it is. You have to have money in politics because these people have have power and mm. and so it just becomes like this vicious cycle until su- suddenly it sets you up for a bad situation where somebody can come in like Palpatine and and take advantage of it and so Valorum I don't want to say he's a, well maybe he's a little weak but I, I just weak. think he's weak he was weak he was weak yeah and, yeah and I don't think compromised but, but weak yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. maybe that I think maybe he had a little bit of that just trying to please everyone right mm-hmm. of like wanting to be well what's best for everyone let's in fact just move on to this question because I want to talk about it in the Phantom Menace would you have voted no confidence in Valorum <sighs> so yes yeah yeah. yeah. But and here's here's the thing uh, I don't you know cause this is where Palpatine succeeded right at at the time you vote no confidence it makes perfect sense uh, and, and he gets in Padme's ear to get her to, to say this because 
the Trade Federation, Amazon and, and Best Buy are, yeah. are you know, are, are causing problems. It's chaos. Um, but it's political chaos. Yeah. And then you see what's going on. And, and again, he is not crooked. I, I don't view form as this crooked. Compro- I just as he's ineffectual. And this mess has been created. And I probably would have voted for no confidence. And it's at, at that moment you fall for Palpatine's trick. Yeah. But you know? do you? Uh, you you fall for the domino that he knocks over, but I think right. this is the way that I'm thinking about it: is what Valorum basically does is Padme comes and says, "Hey, they invaded our planet. I've got like evidence." And then the Trade Federation flies up in a yeah. Senate seat that they probably shouldn't have and say, "Like, yeah. let's examine whether or not that's true." And Valorum bends. Valorum right. bends to an argument about what is true mm-hmm. and i think that's what makes me like come on Valorum. i understand wanting to keep everybody happy but it's the truth right. the invasion Is happened that? right you you and the senate should support truth and not mm-hmm. go like the <laughs> money people might be mad unless i hold this right. investigation uh and so right. i think even though it's part of palpatine's plot not that i would have known that right right i right. think if i was in the senate i would have uh, said yeah i agree with padme right no confidence Valorum. sorry but th- yes, yeah, and no, that's that's that's, and I just look Palpatine just just he, I always say the Baelish of hmm. Star Wars. He just knows he can insert that one little piece you of metal into the wheel. Good call. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. It's oh, great. Yeah. How, how do you feel about that? Wh- which way would you vote, Jennifer? Oh yeah, no, I I vote no confidence. I'd be <laughs> so frustrated with him, but at the same time, I think I think I would have caught on to Palpatine, his demeanor, the way that that he talks. I'd be like, this guy seems like a villain out of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> that is now it, it makes one think that uh, Ellie team and Bail Antilles mm-hmm. were very bad speakers. Because that's my next question. Yes, imagining that we vote no uh, confidence on Valorum, then mm. then this is where Palpatine's true manipulation yeah. comes in. The he's created this artificial crisis on his own planet mm. to get a pity vote. Mm. Right. So it's up to him. It's up to Ellie team of Molester mm-hmm. and uh, Bail Antilles. We don't know a lot about them. There's no. a cutscene of Bale Antilles. Yeah. Um, but do you right. do you really think, Jennifer, that you wouldn't vote for Palpatine? Would you not be affected by that pity plea? I think if I, you know what, uh, Padme was very very young, uh, and so I think that yeah, maybe I would have been more susceptible. I think now my age, I'd be like, come on, I see right through you. <laughs> I know what you want. You want yeah. power, Palpy. But, <laughs> but Good old power palpy. Power palpy. But I think, yeah, she was she was naive. Yeah. And that was partly because of her age. Yeah. I mean, she was Trust. certainly manipulated, but like mm-hmm. but once the no confidence vote is there, imagining that we mm-hmm. represented other planets. Right. Uh and we could vote on three of those candidates. Mm. That's a really interesting question. To, if we would see through Palpatine, mm. or if we would have our heartstrings pulled, which clearly worked. Yeah, yeah. To go like, oh, he's he's the up and comer, well meaning guy who's yeah. just had his planet attacked. Yeah, right. let's pity vote for him. I right. think it would have worked, and I would I would love a uh, short story of the debates. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ainley team and Bell until he's like, I don't know. We, we seem pretty cool. Because um, <laughs> you got to yeah. you got to think Bell until would have been a, you know, truer, more pure person giving the story of Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, later on, uh, you know, if he had been off world during the structure of Alderaan, he would have gotten some good, good votes there. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, 
as far as voting for Palpatine, I think yeah, it would make sense. He's he's he he. I don't know when you when you vote for no. I'm trying to put myself in the story. If you vote for no confidence, I think there's also a power grab on your side. Uh, even if I'm just one of a random pod, I'm, I'm the ETs. Yeah, you know, like oh, cool. Let's put who who do we want that can work with us better? Maybe we didn't like Valorum and you know Palpatine's promising things. Okay, I like yeah. his robes. I don't know. Yeah, I think I would have voted for him. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, we, we yeah. you know we can't make a wise decision because we don't know the, we don't know. the positions of Ali Team and Bale until he's. That's blind. true. We can't. <laughs> I think Jennifer makes such a great point because I, it, it's interesting to me how much of a choice it is by either director George Lucas or mm-hmm. actor Ian McDermott to truly play him is that sort of politician who's like, you are saying all the right things, but you look like you're literally going to turn to slime. Like you don't believe <laughs> any of these things, but you are just saying mm-hmm. all the right things with big, doleful eyes. Yeah. Like, Politicians do it in our real world. I know they do and it. And people fall for it. They do it all the time, all right? All the time, on both sides, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it is just, it is amazing. We can we can see it in movies and yet in our own world. We're, we're, we're just, we fall, yeah. fall prey to it. So I'd like to think I'd resist, but I don't know how I'd vote. I do yeah. think that there is an interesting story that people maybe cynically voted for him because on the one hand, it's the pity. His planet was right, right. attacked mm. and we didn't help him. But on the other hand, I'm sure plenty of politicians could see. And he is also the one who called for the vote of no right, confidence. Right. Like, I think everybody would know, like, yeah, he whispered in Pat May's ear. Yeah. I mean, like, literally on camera. Like, I saw it. We yeah. saw him. <laughs> <laughs> he was on camera when he literally whispered in her ear. Yeah, uh, that, yeah. I think there'd be plenty of politicians who'd be savvy enough to know, like, oh, well, okay, he wants the pity vote, but clearly mm. he's in control of this situation or, and right. caused it to happen. Mm. Maybe not cause the blockade because he's a Sith Lord, but yeah, just yeah. politically took advantage of it. Yeah, there, there's a little, you know, a little of me that that would have been there in that pod thinking of that too. But I think in the end, again, you're right. It's funny we're having this real serious discussion about it, not knowing what in the team and, and, until he said. Yeah. I don't, it had to be really bad or the force was, a, I don't know. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Interesting. Uh, I would have been responsible for the start of the Empire. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk more about that. So Attack of the Clones, we've got a big political story that is uh, moving it as well. There is the Military Creation Act that our uh, heroes, Padme, uh, is uh, opposing, of course. And uh, how do you think you would have voted on the Military Creation Act? So just mm. to kind of reframe it, what we know at sort of the beginning of Attack of the Clones, that several systems are, you know, thousands of systems are upset with mm-hmm. all of the things that we've been seeing, with uh, the stagnation in the Senate, with the Trade Federation having a seat. Um, and so they want to separate, but then violence. They're being violent, so then there's that fear of, okay, they don't want to just separate and be their own thing. They might want to attack us. So mm-hmm. there's that fear. So mm-hmm. how do you think you'd vote on the Military Creation Act in Star Wars land? That's uh, yeah. I think I I would have been shocked there wasn't a, a Republic army already. And, yeah. And, yeah. Look, I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of a strong and defense guy, but that I, that does not mean I'm strong on war. It just you know what could be, what meteorites are coming to Earth to kill us. I don't right. know. Um. So I'm I'm I think George was really highlighting just taking that going out of the story, really highlighting here's what it is. This this, this is voting for war and essentially like like mm-hmm. um at least the way I, I look at it. So. I would probably say, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Let's create a, a an army. I just, I would be like, I don't know why there's suddenly clones waiting for her. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, can we look into that? Who's like, right. sure, all right. 
that's the part that gets really because yeah. when it's just yeah. like at the beginning of the movie when nobody knows about clones, it's like, should we? We haven't even talked about it. If they're going right. to be droids, is there, you know, is it going <laughs> to yeah. be conscripted from the various planets right. of the Republic? Are there going to be clones? I mean, we saw that the we know 10 years prior, the Trade Federation has an army of droids and we had to rely on. Uh, uh, volunteers on the booing and Gungans, <laughs> yeah. Gungans, and a couple of Jedi. And a kid right, yeah. right. who didn't even want to do it. Exactly. Um, ten years later, we didn't think. Uh, you know, I, I get, maybe and going back into the story, maybe they they each planet has a little bit of a force, and I, that obviously makes yeah, sense to me. But a, a, a grand army of the Republic. I would have been like, yeah, let's let's slap some decals on some people and, and figure that out. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Jennifer? Because, I mean, I think it's also, you know, from Bail Organa and Padme's point, the uh, Republic has stood without an army because you raise a fist, a fist will raise back kind mm-hmm. of philosophy. Mm-hmm. But now a fist, in theory, mm-hmm. from the Separatists is raised to them, and that's the real moral quandary. Mm-hmm. I think it was it was inevitable. So I think that the war, war was going to be inevitable, and so I think that at that you have no choice but to but to form an army. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I mean, you the goal is to protect your people, right? right? And to do what's best for your people. And although I don't, I'm a pacifist and I don't like war. But you know, if someone was going to come after my family, well. I'm going to want to set up barricades. I'm going to want to def- defend <laughs> it. I'm not going to be like, well, uh, when they get here, mm-hmm. I'll try and talk to them. <laughs> yeah, right, you know right. what I mean? If they're if they're coming for me, well, I guess I better get ready for them. So I think that that's kind of the attitude that they would have to have. Yeah, yeah. In some, in some Espe- way. Especially yeah. if there's any feeling that the separatists at this point you know, and it's a great discussion with the separatists. I think still think they were kind of the early rebels, right? I mean, right. but like well, the genuine separatists who had actual yeah. beef and then were manipulated Correct. by Dooku and Sidious. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, heroes on both sides. Heroes on both sides. Yeah. If if if, if there was intel or something, you know, uh, uh, you know, there they are massing B two battle droids. Yeah. Like, well, that's a problem. That's a problem. And we don't have anybody. Yeah. Right. And now some mysterious dead Jedi's ordered an army. Yeah. <laughs> right. we'll, we'll get to. I know it's separate. I know it's separate. But uh, like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, let's dig into that in just a well, second. Well, sorry. Yeah. Even if it's not. Even at that point, I don't know. There's a mysterious army waiting for me. Then I'm going to be absolutely. Let's 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 put some decals on some people. Some, be- sure. some yeah. decals on some people. Yeah. So yeah. Th- this is, I think the fascinating thing to me that comes up in all of these political discussions of Star Wars constantly is Star mm-hmm. Wars always ends up advocating for taking an action. Mm-hmm. Hopefully in defense when you can, in all of these questions, keep uh, presenting ways to think about when do you take that action? Right. How do you know? Cause like in, in your example, I think uh, about like people coming to your home, I think mm-hmm. most people would be, of course I'm going to defend my home. Mm-hmm. And the question of like early in attack, the clones is, is that threat real right. or is it right. propaganda at right. this point from the separatists? And of Ugh. course, we know now that right. all of it is a manipulation of the Sith Lords, which right, makes right. it a little bit different, I think, than reality. Yeah, yeah. There aren't actual Sith Lords. Right, right, right. They're not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I think the Sith Lords are much more competent than any, <laughs> any bad people we have ever seen uh, on planet Earth, yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in my opinion. Um so let's get on to the part where it is getting a little bit more messy. Yeah, yeah. With the clones in the Sifo-Dyas and nobody asking any questions. <laughs> Would you have supported junior representative Jar Jar Binks's proposal that Supreme Chancellor Palpatine be given emergency powers to create an army? So uh, reframe this just a little bit in sure. case. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's, so he's been manipulated by Palpatine. Mm-hmm. All he's doing is raising... The, the motion, everybody still has to vote right, right. for that. 
Right. And it is also, in theory, the Senate voting against itself because they're all going, yeah, we can't figure this out. We suck. Only one person. We can't possibly debate this. So we just have to give all the power to this one guy. Right. So it is real vote to say we suck <laughs> that we can't do this and and yep. poor jar jar gets more of the blame she than gets, he probably should yeah he ends up a sad clown <laughs> yes mm. Mm. um so yeah would you have in that moment uh this the separatists uh, you know have been, have attacked padme there's mm-hmm. you know been violence there's rumblings uh, uh, that this clone army exists uh no i no and, and again we're tra- yeah it's star wars and we're trying to but you know i'm trying to Answer as a Star Wars character and as myself. I no, at no point would I want to uh, uh, give all the power to one person. At no point. Yeah. At no point. And even through all the chaos and even through all the bombings and everything, like you're exactly what uh, would I look myself in the mirror and be like, "Yeah, I can't figure this out." Old capes can figure it out. Yeah. No, nah, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. No, nah, I, I can't. Even in story, I, I can't. Yeah. He almost makes it in story makes even less sense. To, to be like, ah, sure. Sheev, you got this. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Jennifer, how do you feel about this one? No, no. <laughs> we don't give the power to one person. We, yeah. we, we've seen that that does, that's not a good idea. It's better when you have a diversity of thought and, and all different people trying to hash it out. Um, that's the way to go. because And this that's exactly what Palpatine is supposed to represent. If when you do give the power to one person, mm-hmm. the chances are it's not going to go so well. They're not going to give it back. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Right. yes. Right. Even if you think they're a good person, that risk is so high that they're not going to give it back. And like you were saying, that diversity of thought is good. So just philosophically, even if it was a pure, shining, wonderful person, mm-hmm. should one person just philosophically have the power? Mm. And that that's very interesting to me as we go through this, that the things that are sort of uh, ingrained as us as people... And I wonder how much that is sort of ingrained in us as Americans, that that's a central mm. idea of our government. Of like, no, you just don't centralize power that much. Right. right. It's really interesting. And then on top of it, Ken, to get to what you've been talking about, <laughs> I feel like even even if for some reason you're like, that Palpatine's great, I think right. centralizing power in him for just a little bit will be fine. But also, yeah. <laughs> where the F did these clones come from? Yeah, and we're just not really questioning that one. Yeah, and and it, it might be talking out out of story. One of the one of the faux pas that I I still go on with with George, just you know, and I know it didn't wasn't fully explored till later on, but also in this clone army, it's very Star Wars like, right? Mm-hmm. The secret clone army. Uh, but yes, going back in story, yep, I I st- I would definitely want answers. <laughs> I definitely want, especially if it's Obi Wan, like. You know, his report back, he's like, some Jedi named Zypha Dias. <laughs> like, he didn't even know. Right. <laughs> Only 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, did it? Yoda, did you know <laughs> Bob Zypha Dias? Like, <laughs> so it's it's mystery. It's supposed to be mystery. And maybe we didn't get that answer to the Clone Wars series. Uh, definitely didn't come in Sith like we thought in 2005. yeah. yeah. You thought the movie was going to fade in, and uh, here's Zypha Diaz. Yeah, so I think, you know, you just so, kind of have to have the headcanon that fear was that great, that yes. admiration of Palpatine was that great, that it just seemed to everybody like, of course, this is the way to just quickly get us out of this, because if yeah. we have an army, then they won't attack, and it'll be fine. And and, and the headcanon of Palpatine being a success in, or, or loved in some sense yeah. it makes sense, because if he's... Elected at the end of Phantom Menace. Now we get 10 years. I don't know, chancellor terms, uh, terms of service, or yeah. terms of, uh, of, of, of being in office. He had to have some goodwill. And yeah. he had to have been 
doing very well at this. I'm he's, just the low sheave. He's probably manipulated the hell yeah. out of everyone, like very House of Cards like of like, yes. oh, do you need this Corellia? Okay, I'll help you with that. Right, oh, right. Okay. Uh, oh, do you Ando need, of you, the Aqualish, what do you need? I'll just slip this to you. Do you want a, uh, a, a Coke machine in the quad? <laughs> I'll give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and he will take over the entire campus. Uh, so at that moment... Should the Jedi have inter- intervened in the politics of the Senate? Because we see Mace and Yoda just hanging out. They're not voting. They're just watching. Like, guess there's clone army. Guess he has all the yeah. power. Should the Jedi have done something, Jennifer? Well, yeah, they knew stuff. Like, why did... <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. You got to share your information. We knew stuff. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, you could think of them like the FBI or the CIA, right? Like, they, they got to mm-hmm. tell... They got to report their findings, and and they're kind of... They're in these communities. Mm-hmm. They're seeing what's happening on the ground. And so who better to, to, to step in than yeah. the Jedi? That's fascinating. They really are, like, CIA... Yeah agents who meditate a lot like they're they're cia monks but i mean i think that's i love these stories of when the jedi intervene people always ask about like talk about like why didn't they rescue shmi it's like well because they would have started a war with the huts an entire system of like and they don't want to do that right uh right or wrong but at this point you do feel like really uh the trade federation had a senate seat you couldn't just say like we want representation in mm-hmm. the Senate as the Jedi. Like we want mm. to maybe merge a little mm. bit and talk. This Senator out. Kiati Mundi. Yeah, yeah. That like been I, good. I'm not even talking about like. Well, I got to cut his head off. <laughs> 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 this is no good. Uh, but yeah, I think it is one of the ways that they let themselves be played. Of really, mm. again, that that question of when do you take action, and mm. it haunts Jedi in particular since they want to always be about defense, right? Yeah. Right. It's fa- it's one of the fascinating things that is changed the prequels for me uh, over time where you watch it back then I think it goes to because one of the first things you hear especially if you're our generation of Star Wars fans is Princess Leia talking about General Kenobi you serve my father and it just sounds normal right oh the Jedi Knights we know they're the good guys they're fighting Darth Vader and at one point there were generals in an army fighting evil people cool we like wars we like wars Star Wars yay and even me is a war of a lore like you just get it and then the prequels come along and we want to see them fighting and then then there's a clone and they're leading the clone art oh this is great Uh, but then you go back and watch it and it's all the way through you go watch Duchess Satine really laying in really laying into Obi-Wan you guys have lost your way yeah Mm. I don't think I noticed it as much the first time you watched the Clone Wars. So I think the Jedi made a mistake. However, I think time and time again they would have done it because I think they know they sense what Jennifer's saying. So we got to do something. We're the good guys. We're protecting. But now we're leading the war. So it's, yeah. it's mm. wonderfully messy. Yeah, and we should do a whole episode on the, the Jedi choice because there's so yeah. much there of like, well, that's the first major battle uh, with the Separatists is that they are attacking Jedi. So are Jedi mm-hmm. being kind mm-hmm. of selfish of like, well, you took ours. Right? A, lot, a lot of interesting stuff there. Uh, but yeah. I think we're all on the same page. The Jedi should have intervened. So we move on to uh, yeah. Revenge of the Sith and the Clone Wars animated series uh, really describes and it shows that Palpatine is quietly during the war. He consolidates consolidates mm-hmm. kind of all legitimate power. He gets control over the banks, uh, the courts, all of the means of production and money through the Trade Federation, uh, not the Trade Federation, all of the separatists mm-hmm. he betrays. Uh, so he kind of has all legitimate power right. at that point. How do you think Padme would have responded if she survived? Because I feel like Padme is one of our heroes who sees maybe there's nothing politically that can be done. 
right now. Hmm. I think she would have gotten that point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the Padme we've seen attack the clones and the one even Sith if the celebrity dies, all that stuff. She would have been a little bit more like Mon Mothma up until the point when Mothma's like, we this ain't this ain't working. Yeah. And I would have seen her kind of leading the rebellion. Yeah. With with her daughter at her side. That, you know yeah, I mean? when I thought about mm-hmm. this, I really thought like she would have been Mon Mothma yeah. six months into yeah. the first Galactic Galactic Empire. Yeah. Right. I think she had that conviction of beliefs and that experience to see exactly right. what was happening. Mm-hmm. What do you yeah. think, Jennifer? Yeah, I think of Leia Princess of Alderaan the book and you know, those scenes with Bale and uh, Brea Organa mm. and, and and all that and I and I can just imagine Padme in that situation, be wanting to be involved, taking action, being a strategist, trying to figure out what the best way to approach it would be. She'd be very uh, thoughtful about it, you know. Yeah. She's not she's not like a, a Jin Urso type. She mm. is more like a Mon Mothma, right. and so I think it would have been really cool. She she would have absolutely taken action. Yeah, and been I, very you know, angry. I think she would have been like a public figure too. Like I think yeah. she would have been getting the word out to people because you know there's been little bits of storytelling about how people are like, well, everything is calm now after the Clone Wars, and maybe mm-hmm. this Empire is is good. They're a little bossy, but like mm-hmm. I feel like she would be out there on the Holovid Airways, going like, you're losing all your freedoms, yeah, and you don't understand, yeah, and uh, letting people trying to get people to see the truth. I'll tell you what, what we're seeing with Natalie Portman now mm. is how I think Padme would have been mm. because Natalie Portman for, you know, was kind of, has always been uh, very, very private and mm. kind of, I don't want to say recluse, but she's very much kept her private life separate from her, from her public persona, yeah. acting persona. Well, now she's been very political mm-hmm. and, and speaking at the, at the women's marches and uh, outspoken and truly like a leader. Yeah. And I feel like that's exactly how Padme would have been. Fiery passion. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think I mentioned passion. on the podcast that I did. I heard her speak right, right. Oh, in yes. person at the at the Women's March in Los Angeles, and there was that part of me like, "This is I'm here because I have very strong convictions, and this is very important to the real world." And also, holy hell, listen to Padme tear it up! Like <laughs> yeah. I felt a little like, but there is such synergy between uh, the way she's presenting herself, and I think the way Padme would have mm-hmm. right in the right. Star Wars world, which is right amazing. Uh, all right, so we have gotten to the part where we are going to talk about those senators who didn't want to do nothing. Yeah. Uh, that Rogue One scene. So now the Empire has been running things, controlling everything. And 19 years later, these uh, senators, when they're presented with the existence of the Death Star uh, by mm-hmm. Jen Erso, they just want to bring evidence to the Senate. That's what's actually being said. Of like, right, right. Well, maybe if we tell everybody that they built a planet-killing machine and called it the Death Star, <laughs> the senators would go like, oh, well, please, uh, please, yeah. Emperor Palpatine, this seems this seems rude at right. best. Like, <laughs> it's so, like, from our perspective, knowing Star Wars our whole life, of like, yeah. to think that that those characters believed there was a political solution at that point. Right, 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 right. It's right. just so, so powerful. Yeah. Um, so at what point do you think... Uh, one gives up hope in the political process, which is kind of a Star Wars question, but it can also be a little bit of a reflecting on real world because that's what's powerful about that scene is because I think from the audience, it's obvious of like mm-hmm. the political system is is broken. It's just puppets of Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Right. You're not going to get anywhere by presenting Palpatine evidence with the horrible evil thing that he did. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Did you build this test? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to execute you for saying so. Yeah, yeah. But come here. Uh, that's, that's, that's a... 
That's a really good question, yeah. right? That's and a ma- really good question. Maybe not a quick one to answer, like, who's your favorite bounty hunter? I know it's a, <laughs> it's a bigger question, oh and I, it, uh, uh, we can, I think we can also, like, reflect on, um, I don't know, the, the signs, or for yourself, how do you analyze? Uh, to me, it is a, a, a complete societal breakdown, or a threat of it, or... I, I, I don't want to just sit there, like, I, I would not be... I understand the idea of like, all right, you said there's a Death Star. What's the evidence? I understand that question. Oh, yeah. But I, I get, you know, I think, Je- you know, we know that it's destroyed Jedha. So to me, I'm like, I'm act- I'm Radis at that point. Right. That's all I need. Yeah. Flip her down. Let's go. Fli- flip her down. Let's go. <laughs> um, but it's always, but I, and I think that's. Rogue One really has that moment of, and it asks us all the question is when, when is that time would the safety of people or, you know, even from my old industries, like, like you got a, a situation in front of you, like you've got to make a tough decision committing uh, committing to doing something drastic. And uh, it's always like, when are the people directly affected the breakdown yeah. of a normal, we are, we feel safe and secure. You know, I know as a person of power that is at real risk I've got to make that decision then to take action. Is that, yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does, it does to me. And think, you have yeah. to weigh it. So it's in simple terms, do you want to evacuate? Because we think this might be a bomb. We think. We have no proof or evidence, but we think pretty strongly this is a bomb. You make that call. Well, I'd rather guess yes and save people than no one will see. Yeah. And then, it, and then to take that out and put it into political situations, I'm Radis going, they've said it. We've got to do something to make sure that if that what they're saying is true, we've got to prepare for that more than we'll see. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's Boba Fett's my favorite bounty. <laughs> <laughs> and even that is a lie that I do not believe. I know it to be a falsehood. I vote for no confidence in Ken's lies about bounty hunters. Uh, Jennifer, how are you feeling about all this? I think it's complicated because I think that throughout history we've seen that people want to assume that things are not as bad as they actually are. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. seeing signs and they're like, well, maybe that person really doesn't mean that. They're yeah. just saying, no, okay, well, now this has happened. Well, no, maybe it's really not that bad. And mm-hmm. and so we see that they start to get conditioned to this new normal until it gets really, really bad. That yeah. pot's boiling. The, 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 yeah. yeah. So at this point, I, too, am, am Radis. I, too, am Jen Urso, where I'm like, look, look, well, we have this. We have this. This is what's happening. We need to take action. That's that's me obviously watching this film. Yeah. But I can see how in real life you you want to believe that I feel like the senators wanted to believe in the political process. They wanted to do what they thought was right mm-hmm. and not make rash decisions. They didn't recognize how bad things really were. I think that's the big thing for me is like these this isn't back in the prequel days. This is they mm-hmm. are members of something called the Rebel Alliance. You know, and this is dealt with well yeah. in um, in the the Leia Princess of Alderaan, where uh, Bale and Brea are being so cautious because they realize as soon as we cross over this line, it's war, yep. right? And right, then right. other people are going to get hurt, and uh, it's portrayed there, I think, thoughtfully and nobly. Mm-hmm. In Rogue One, it's really like these characters are not willing to say. Uh, instead of saying the Emperor has no clothes, they're not willing to say the Emperor has a Death Star. Right? Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. not willing to be the one who says it's not right mm-hmm. and we're totally out of 
any other options. Mm-hmm. Right, right. This dictator has taken away any other option but violence. Right. right. And that's, again, to me, it's like one of the fascinating things about this Star Wars story. You go back to the prequels and like, well, maybe mm-hmm. the Jedi could have done this. Maybe somebody could have voted this way. 19 years of Palpatine, Emperor, yeah. as Emperor, there's either live under absolute tyranny mm-hmm. and have anything taken from you at any time or do something. Mm-hmm. And then in a way, it's sort of like, um, I don't know, comforting to have that complex of an idea shown in, in our space movie mm. that even then there's still some senators going like, but what if we just kept trying to ignore right. how bad it is? Right, right. It, it's why I love that. Love that scene in Rogue One more and more. Um, even the what is she proposing line, actually one of my favorite lines <laughs> in Star Wars. What is she proposing? Because <laughs> it's realistic. It's realistic to the point of New Hope because we see, like Jen said, New Hope is good versus evil. We know it's been decided. Yeah. For us as a fan, it's a modern day f- parable. But I love the realistic look of the Rebel Alliance for that they fight the Dravens, like kill them all. Right. And, Ma- and Saw like, yep. Me too. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to launch rockets at kids and, and, and that they're still fight, fighting on how to do it right. And it comes down to this. And uh, it's fascinating. Uh, but we, we have the we have we have watching this above. So we know right. we know in this moment who might be more wrong and right. But it's it's still. And I think I look at the senators who are, who are afraid. They're yeah. afraid. Yeah. I think they all know the answer. Mm. I think they know the answer. Yeah. They're just afraid. They're just afraid to pull the first. Yeah. You know, put that flipper down. As yeah, <laughs> put that flipper down. Yeah, and for me, like without yeah. going to the extreme that's presented in this, sure. To me, it's a great moral of if you truly believe something is wrong, mm. you should say it because even though it's scary, yeah. even though people will get mad at you online for your opinion, right, right? That it's worth it to disrupt, you know, that sense of everything's fine everything's because fine. that's how bad things happen. Right, is right, when right. somebody convinces you to go along with what? Nothing bad's happening. Right. right. Uh, and that's why I don't ever want to be Noah Jabel. <laughs> Moral of that story. Yeah. Uh, so uh, moving right along, uh, politics of the original trilogy we already talked about are just kind of, uh, it's war now, uh, yeah. out, out and open, so there aren't as many politics. So we move on to the sequel era, and then so much of this comes from, um, most of it, from the Bloodline novel. Yeah. Sets us up a little bit for where we are in Force Awakens, still some holes. In that we have the populace versus the centrists, for people who haven't uh, read the book or want to review, the idea is that the populist, uh, Leia Organa, was a populist, and she favored more individual autonomy and sovereignty for individual planets. Like, we're all working together, but for the most part, your planet does your thing, my planet will do our thing. And then the centrists wanted a strong, central, galactic government, and once again wanted a, a military, more of a, mm-hmm. a larger military than right. they had. And they also had that uh, notion of, like, yeah, the Empire did a lot of bad things, but control is pretty good. Centralized right, control right, right. makes everything everybody safer. Yeah. So do you have a sense of which side you would be on before things turned into war, when it was more just, it's been peace for decades, and it's just sort of philosophical, which way right. do you look at it? Would you be a centrist or a populist? Whew, uh, it, it, I, I, I am starting to like reread blood, Bloodline a little bit right yeah. now, mm. and um, sometimes get confused a little bit on what <laughs> <laughs> Which where I yeah. fall? Yeah, I, I don't because because ransom Castrofo is this uh, you know the empire was great and I wasn't even born during that time. He doesn't and realize the full horror of it. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't doesn't so 
Uh, definitely don't want to go that direction. But again, I'm, I'm generally the kind of a defense guy. So I, I would want, you know, if Moth, Mothma and her team kind of tore down the army after re- uh, paraphrasing the whole situation, yeah. summarizing it quickly, I'd be like, hey, 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 we don't know if these Unvong are coming. Come on. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I like the idea. I don't know. It's like, I like states, right? Yeah. But also, we're the United States of these America. Are we, <laughs> like, it's, it's complicated. I think in the end, I'd go a populist. Yeah. And let the planets do it yeah. more. I don't know. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a, it's a fascinating balancing yeah, act. Yeah, right? yeah, it, it is, and it's 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 a question we all have to ask ourselves. Yeah. How do you feel, Jennifer? Yeah, I lean towards populist. I, I like the idea, just as in real life. We know what roads here in Los Angeles need fixing. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we we need to have our own uh, kind of um, control over over what we need here uh, as a community. But at the same time, I want a, a good, strong government that, yeah, that, that might require a military just in case some mm-hmm. bad people want to threaten us. And, yeah. and knowing that I also have that support for my local community. Um, mm-hmm. So, mm, yeah, but I lean towards populist, I guess. Yeah. I had the same reaction, too, where I was like, oh, I, I was I was reading Bloodline. I kind of I, I agree with some of the centrists, but I also agree with populist. I don't know. Yeah. I think that to me, there's this great idea that, uh, and I might be putting my own ideas into it a little bit. Mm. Uh, I haven't read Bloodline in a little while, but that populist has an, uh, I mean, it's in a positive way, an element of uh, being ideal of like, mm-hmm. if we can all come together as a new republic and mm-hmm. we've got these big things that we're going to decide together about taxation of trade routes. Mm-hmm. But hey, if there's, you know, a civil war on Corellia, you, you guys take care of it. Like mm-hmm. there's this kind of, I think, healthy balance like you're mm. describing jennifer um but then yeah. the, to me the this i so i think i would lean towards that because the centrist it doesn't seem like look uh, military for defense it's more about that control is good mm-hmm. that we want to have like there's i get really torn for myself because i kind mm. of do believe that eh, if you have fewer voices things do happen faster mm-hmm. and things do get more organized and if I'm just in an improv group, I want one person to be the leader. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So every meeting doesn't take, oh you know, so they, uh, on like a micro level, I <laughs> oh find myself my sort of drifting towards that sort of centrism. Yeah. But then when you're talking about the whole galaxy, you're starting to talk about people who maybe want power for power yeah. right. instead of for better organization. Right. Yeah. I always say uh, society needs leaders if you don't just go to a self-checkout line. Yeah. You, you, we're, <laughs> nowadays we're used oh. to it, but 10 years ago it was like, have you never seen a groceries <laughs> checked? Can you oh not do this yourself? Gosh. Yeah, no, because I think in... in uh, uh, you know, like a, a government should take care of its people. But if each individual state can do it, I and I trust you to do it, great. I don't want them to come do it. But then if you're not, do I just move states or right. <laughs> vote at voting people? Yeah. You know, then, then right. I wouldn't mind someone coming. It, 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 it should be a little nuanced and gray. Sure. Uh, at times, I think like it shouldn't, something shouldn't be easy. But then you're right. Yeah, improv groups, you know, you're in charge of the game today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That I think I'm just going to move to Tatooine. <laughs> nah. We can play Zip Zaps up. It'll be fine. <laughs> uh, and I think the fascinating thing uh, is that Leia is a hardcore populist. Right. Until she recognizes the clear and imminent threat of the First Order. And then she's like, hey, uh, I, don't, I don't believe in this whole central government thing, but military now, yes, which goes back to everything we've been talking about when someone like Leia with experience knows it's not propaganda. Mm. There really is someone at your door who is going to hurt you. Yeah. She's like, yes, military up. I've learned my lesson. I'm not Noor Jabal. 
right. military now. And that is when I said initially, I, I'm slightly confused of, this, of the populist centrist because yes, we, we, we're learned to love and follow Leia, right? Through Star Wars. Yeah. And she's suddenly considered a warmonger. So I'm like, I literally have been like, wait a minute, wait, wait what's, what, what is she voting? And I have to like go back to the beginning of the book. Oh, she's a populist. Right. So yeah, in the end I would go with that. If, if, if I'm okay, I'm okay with anything until it is time to, to, to defense up, you know what yeah. I mean? And so yeah, that, that, that is, you just, I remember reading the first time going, what, what is she? Yeah, because wouldn't she want the army? But wouldn't it, she want to be a centralist? She yeah. doesn't want the army until she truly has, knows there's a threat. Right, right. And right, then right. the populace like, that's eh, not yeah, a problem. It's not a problem. And then Hosnian Prime blows up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we'll, <laughs> learn, we'll learn more about that. Uh, so sequel era has been, most of us agree, too light on political clarity. Yeah. Do you want the resolution of episode nine to cover politics at all? Hint at them. What do you want out of politics in episode nine? Oof. I think I think you've missed the boat. Yep. And I I look at uh, I look at Team JJ for seven, a movie I love, and I love JJ and I love nine. I, I'm so excited for nine. I think you missed the boat there. I don't think Ryan had the time. Yeah. And the government's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There is no government. There's the government. no government. You couldn't you couldn't have politics in eight because it was dust floating through the galaxy. So at 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 nine, unless we got this time jump. And that is allows us to be like, well, here's what happened. The first yeah. order is now in control, and they've reformed the first order Senate or something like that. So a little bit of, but I, I think it's going to have to be get to the end here. Yeah, show us the action. Yeah, what do you think, Jennifer? Yeah, I think that that ship has sailed. I think that J.J. Abrams is just maybe not as interested in telling that part of the story of Star Wars. Maybe? Yeah. I, I'm not quite sure. I think at this point our time is kind of limited on what we can cover and we right. got to tie up those loose ends as they've been talking about ending this Skywalker saga. Yeah. They've got a lot on their plate. Yeah. So maybe elsewhere we'll get it. Yeah. I hope that we at least, I can see it just blowing by of just like if resolving the Skywalker saga, the First Order loses. They had military control, as mm-hmm. we know at the beginning of Last Jedi, according to the crawl. I would love it if it just sort of hinted at it of mm-hmm. like, we have a chance to start again. How are we going to do it this time? So you can even get a sense that our heroes have a responsibility toward that mm. right. to figure out what mm-hmm. is next or, you know, get maybe even a little picture of how has the galaxy suffered if it is a five-year time jump. Mm. And there isn't really much of a, it's just the First Order saying, we'll blow you up if you right. don't do what we tell you to. And there's no other system beyond that. And, right. you know, that that would be fascinating to me. Uh, but yeah, I think you guys are right that the ship has sailed. The spaceship has sailed <laughs> largely. Last fun question. What characters or eras would make our dream political Star Wars show? Do you want it to be like West Wing, House of Cards, Scandal? What are you thinking? If you ooh. can just go like, ooh, we want a political Star Wars show now. Hmm. I, I I guess I'd lean more towards House of Cards. I'm, I'm not as familiar with that series, but... Um, yeah, I'd probably go more towards yeah. Husband. It's a little more scandal, a little more bad things happening. Yeah. You want some know. bad things happening? Yeah. Not just hopeful speeches? You don't want just bail saying nice things? Uh, I mean, I want that. Yeah. I want that. But yeah, yeah. A little, little, little outside. Yeah, yeah. A pass of cards. Okay. Well, what yeah. uh, characters or era uh, would you be intrigued by? I I would actually be really, really intrigued by uh, post-fall uh, of the Emperor, of the mm, Empire. Of the, yeah. Of the Empire. I mean, I love, I love my all the stuff in the, in between Sith and, and new hope. But I, I think setting up the power, I'm fascinated by this coming out post aftermath series post. We'll see Mandalorian, but when, when, you know, we know the dust settles kind of quick. Yeah. Mon Mothma's the chancellor and we're moving to Chandrilla and then Hosni prime eventually in the other planet. I always forget that's between them. Um, 
I, I, I like it. But then what hap- what happens after you put your business cards on the desk for the yeah. first time? I'm Chancellor Mothma. <laughs> what happens then? Yeah. Interesting. Mm. The Mothma files. Yeah. yeah, I like that. How about you, Jennifer? Yeah, definitely House of Cards. I, I used to love that show um, when it first started uh, because... You know, what I think Star Wars could do really well with it is start off on this optimistic note, like Ken saying, starting after Return of the Jedi, hope, optimism, and then it gets starts to get very, very dark. Yeah. And I, what I loved about House of Cards was how I thought, oh, this could never happen in our political system. And my husband, who is, you know, is in politics, not in politics, but he's very familiar with politics. He was like, oh, no, this this is exactly what our real world is like. That and kind so, of horse trading behind the scenes. Yeah, stuff. exactly. Yeah. And I and I was very naive about that. Obviously, I know a lot more now. Um, so I think that Star Wars could kind of do a great job of mirroring our real world. I think that would be really fascinating to tell to tell uh that side yeah any era or characters uh definitely post post jedi post jedi yeah yeah i like mon mothma i don't Mm -hmm. know i mean i'd love to see obviously leia but yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. who knows yeah um i yeah i I lean towards a little bit more house of cards or even Mm -hmm. scandal where like Uh, scandal's fun big big crazy things are happening too as well as that sort of political drama Uh, i would love to see the young palpatine show go back to some of that yeah, that was uh, in the Darth Plagueis novel a little bit and see, like, was he legitimately charming? Mm-hmm. You know, how did he manipulate people from going way back? I mean, that's mm-hmm. real. He's real Star Wars House of Cards, ready to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that's serious. Yeah. And I would cast either Matthew Lewis uh, or Arthur Darville. <gasps> Ooh, Matthew Lewis. Matthew good. Lewis, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, he's very he's handsome. So, <laughs> yeah. he's very handsome, but he looks a little Palpatine like. No, but he, yeah, he's an excellent actor. Yeah, great, yeah. Great, great. Uh, the only other show that uh, time that might be interesting is the New New Republic after Episode Nine. Can you imagine that? Yes. It was like mm. the you know Episode Nine ended, and they realized, eh, well, we're totally open ended now. We can tell whatever yeah. story we want about a new government arising out of the that's great because this would be like the third time that we've had to redo you know in, yeah. in, in story like the galaxy going like well this is the third time we've had to rebuild are we really right. gonna call it new new republic yeah, yeah, that's yeah. just embarrassing yeah. so <laughs> the continuing new republic yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh i like that yeah republic 3.0 yeah that works so tune into our exciting star wars show republic 3.0 <laughs> that's been a look at uh, not only politics but our voting choices in star wars and of course if you're listening on November 6th, and you are in America, and you can vote, please do. Absolutely. If you're listening on the way to the polls, uh, great. If you're sitting around in the morning at your office, uh, duck out. Take a lunch break. Go vote or leave work early. But it's important. And, uh, you know, Star Wars and politics go hand in hand. And and you're right. That's some tough voting choices. I don't know what I would do if I was Jar Jar Binks (laughs) in a senatorial robe. Uh, Thanks, Joseph, uh, for leading us through that. As we always like to do, we're going to go through audience questions. You guys reaching out to us. We got Darth Hurricane uh, asking us, uh, would you be interested in a certain point of view book featuring just R2 and maybe C-3PO since they are the only connective tissue between all nine movies? So the story of Star Wars through the droids, which has been something George kind of said was happening anyways, Jennifer. I love that idea. I actually see it as like an Encyclopedia Britannica collection like Mm. I used to have (laughs) as a child. There's like just uh, basically one one through nine and they just tell a certain point of view, their stories of everything that they witnessed. I think that'd be really great. Mm. Awesome idea. Uh, yeah, I, I did a, uh, some Star Wars counseling stuff about R2, and I kind of like the idea that R2 doesn't just keeps things to himself, that mm-hmm. R2 would not speak. 
Yeah. Uh, there's something about it to me that I like, but I love the idea of three people in particular, Jennifer, that sort of Encyclopedia Britannica, <laughs> where it's this sort of like awkward, stiff, yeah. Yeah. you know, with yeah. lots of little, mm, not like this is Encyclopedia Britannica, but like little digs from C3 people. Yeah. Like, and then General Solo was quite rude. But anyway, getting back to the <laughs> historical document, right? Three people would be fascinating. It would be great. Three, yeah, three people telling it would be great. Uh, but that the Poe Dameron issue, I think twenty eight, when when BB eight and R two were talking and sharing war stories, uh, shed a little new light on R two to me. Where he's, oh, yeah. you know, he he's been there, he's got it. And if he talks, which is a great point because he can keep a secret. Uh, it would be interesting, but three PO it would be very funny. I I I, I would enjoy this uh, a book yeah. like this. And canonically, R two swears, so this is going to be an adult right. book. Right, <laughs> good one there, Paul Stannis, uh, not Stannis Baratheon, but maybe Stannis Baratheon. Um, <laughs> says the other night in my dream there was a rose commemorative plate that I had to buy. Have you any of you dreamt literal Star Wars dream merchandise? Have you dreamed about toys, Joseph? <laughs> I'm sure I've dreamed of toys. The things mm. that came to mind was I had this very specific dream I think I've mentioned before mm. where I met George Lucas and he gave me a lightsaber and told me it was a bottle opener. And it's like, oh, cool. Nice. And he was like, no, just do it like this. And he just ignited the blade and just cut the top off of a whiskey yeah. bottle. Like, it's a bottle opener. Yeah. Wow. So that's kind of... Uh, Star Wars uh, dream merchandise is just a lightsaber. Kind of love that, That's Jennifer. That's great. I did not have a dream, but I found in my Googling one time a Jabba the Hutt uh, beanbag mm. that was never made. There was like a sketch oh. drawing for it. And I swore, I was didn't know that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I must own this beanbag. And I spent an hour trying to find it only to discover that it was never made. Lucasfilm, get on that. Mm. <laughs> I don't recall any specific dream I've had, Paul, but I definitely as a... As, as a child, remember daydreaming about things that like play sets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted like I had a treehouse that I'd use as like a hoth, uh, one of those uh, gun guns that uh, you can uh, defend the echo base with. Um, and I had a tree that I climb on that uh, was uh, my ATSD. Oh, nice. so I wanted wow. like a treehouse ATSD to climb up and play oh, in. Oh, nice! So I, but I never have dreamed about it. <laughs> Uh, from Patreon, we always like to take uh, two questions from Patreon. David Cornett writes, uh, if I were to write episode nine, I have to admit that I would probably retcon things so Ray actually is Luke's daughter. This would, in fact, be a terrible move. If you were to write episode nine, what facts, ideas, or plot points would you include that you would have had a probably bad ideas? All right, here. So the power is in our hands. Yes. Joseph, where would you go with this? Uh, if I was going to use power irresponsibly in a way that's, I want this, but it's a bad idea, uh, I would probably put Obi-Wan in like half the movie. <laughs> Obi-Wan would be in a lot of the movies. Like, oh, so you don't want to give me that Obi-Wan movie? All right, well, Obi-Wan's just going to be constantly <laughs> appearing as a force ghost and talking to everybody about everything. I like that. I like that a lot, Jennifer. I think I have good ideas, but this is going to be a bad one. I would make Ray Luke's daughter. Luke would live. And, oh, out of the curtain comes Ray's mom, Luke's wife, <laughs> maybe Marjade type. And they would all fight together as oh. one big Skywalker family. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, yeah. Look, there's, yeah, you're just part of me that uh, was is on, was on board for that kind of thing and still could be in a way. And is, you know, and I, Dave, David using retcon, uh, uh, but really the answer could just be the answer now, and, and it's not that they're going back on Ryan's uh, answers, but it, uh, it's not. It's you know, I understand where that comes from. Yeah. I understand where the the, the, the Luke Skywalker pill and pill and eight was a tough pill to swallow. I just at the end of it was like, oh, this pill feels good. Yeah, it's it giving sense. me nutrients. But yeah. um, <laughs> mine might be. I keep I keep saying it. I, I I do want I want the answer. I want Chief Wicket 
I want the Ewoks involved, no. which is weird because I'm not always a giant Ewok defender. I do love them. A uh, special place in my heart for them. But I think it is, it's not a weird, you know, pull. It's like uh, the Ewoks helped topple this thing. And we know that they went out into the galaxy and had different careers. Right. right? Is, mm-hmm. is Hex and therapy. <laughs> yeah. Therapy Ewoks. So, yeah. There's our political resolution to episode nine. <laughs> the good guys win, and then they all turn around, and Poe Dameron's like, well, someone's got to yeah. lead the galaxy. I elect Ewoks. <laughs> and they just wow. take over the galaxy. Chief Wicked. Uh, so <laughs> Jennifer, Jennifer. I'm imagining that. There yeah. might be some bloodshed. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But delicious yeah. meal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, David, thank you. Kai Thatch writes, given their existing relationship with uh, Amelia Clark, do you think the uh, 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 Benioff and Weiss series could involve Kira? Let's say that was the case. What would you like to see? I'm very interested in seeing what happened during her rise from Korea to the highest level of Crimson Dot. Uh, so yeah, definitely connected. Obviously, uh, Daenerys, some other dragons. Uh, what do you think, Joseph? Oh man, I would love Kira's story to continue. Mm-hmm. I I think Benioff and Weiss would probably be a little bit limited if their trilogy is kind of mm-hmm. or whatever quadrilogy, however many movies yeah, yeah. they mm-hmm. feel like making, uh, is in that realm. But man, I love the idea of something more coming of that uh, connection. Yeah cool if maybe their movies could time hop around somehow. Time, Not dude. literally time travel, but maybe yeah. it's like we tell these stories of these connecting generations Ooh. or something over time. Mm. I like that. Uh, look, we definitely want more, Kira. I think yeah. we as a team agree that, uh, Jennifer. Is this a spot for it? I would love it. It would make the most sense. I think of J.J. Abrams, who's always you know bringing in his people that he's mm-hmm. worked with over the years. Of course, um, Dave mm-hmm. and Dan would do that. I do think it, it might be a little bit limited in terms of time. Line, though. Yeah, especially because I'm I'm assuming that they're doing a <laughs> Knights of the Old Republic, right? Which you know we don't know, but right. gosh, but we're all assuming, that, yeah, yeah. But wouldn't that be great to see more of Kira? Mm-hmm. Such a great character. I definitely, I, I think we'll get it one way or another. I think mm-hmm. the book, some, I, th- I think, I think we're not done. I, yeah, I just don't think this is the spot. Kai raises a great point. The, the connection there, I think, the connection will be uh, more in people like uh, Lena Headey and Charles mm-hmm. Dance and those kind yeah. of, or, or I hope Raman Jawadi doing the music. I really hope that oh, happens. Yeah. Oh. Really hope that happens, but I don't know if it's Kira, but I do want that Kira story. So hopefully we'll get it, Kai. Thank you, Kai, David, Paul, and Darth Hurricane. We appreciate you guys riding in. And if you have a question for us, you can reach out on Twitter at Force Center Pod, uh, Instagram as well, uh, Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Don't forget our website. It's one-stop shop, forcecenterpod.podomatic.net, where you can link to Public, where we have uh, merchandise available. Go to tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center, get a Murder Bear t-shirt and, and pay respects to the Ewoks. Uh, podcasts available a lot of places, including Podmatic, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Patreon. Ooh, man, commentaries are coming, Joseph. That's right. Uh, we are very close to that goal of unlocking commentary for all the movies. If you want to be inspired, uh, you can go watch on YouTube our commentaries for The Phantom Menace and The Last Jedi. And then if you can afford it, give us a dollar or two a month on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash center. We got our own stuff, too, that we love to work on. Jennifer? Yeah. Um, uh, Disney asked me if I'd like to give my dog a Star Wars makeover. Oh, and yes. I said yes. So yes. <laughs> you can uh, find out all about that on my post on StarWars.com. And there is a video that goes along with it. So uh, check that out on the Oh My Disney YouTube channel, or you can find it all on my Twitter, Instagram, Facebook pages at Jennifer Landa. I saw the article on StarWars.com, which was amazing with the still photos. Yeah. So is this part of a show or is this like kind of a one off video? Is it a series? It is a new series, Star Wars Pet Makeovers. And I believe there's like 
Mm. How many? Six or seven dogs that they made over? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. It's really fun. That's awesome. That's so cool. (laughs) It's so good. Joseph. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sorry, I'm distracted, still thinking about the salacious crumbs. Yeah, no, I'm Chihuahua. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Two of my favorite things. Like if uh, I had been told that that was going to happen in my childhood, I would have lost my mind. It's amazing. Anyway, uh, you can find all of my comedy albums and podcasts and shows on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. In particular, if you enjoy this episode about voting, my uh, other podcast, Obsessed, my wife and I did one uh, about voting as well, just about kind of this time of year when our focus really, really goes on it. So uh, you can check that out again on my website, josephscrimshot.com. Absolutely. You can follow me at Ken Occludes, YouTube and Instagram and on Twitch. If you want to see me, well, just ride a horse around the countryside and occasionally get in a gunfight that I lose. Check it out. Uh, that is it. If you haven't already and can still do it, go vote. Thanks for hanging out here with the Force Center crew today. So, for all the senators who got tricked into by Palpatine, we're sorry. We'll see you next time here on Force Center. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.